My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. A few years ago, there was a film that was pretty fascinating and caught people's attention and became a a bit of a sensation, not so much for the storyline, which frankly wasn't that riveting, but because of how it was filmed. In short, the creative team, the cast of this project, basically committed to working two weeks every year for 12 years on filming something where the script wasn't even completed when they began shooting. The writer had a a basic plot idea for all the characters and had an ending in mind, but everything in between was very fluid and kind of evolved as things developed based on how those two weeks of filming went each year. It's the first film in movie-making history to have been worked on in such a staggered fashion over such an extended period of time, which was incredibly risky and innovative for everyone attached to the project. But it resulted in what was one of the most critically acclaimed films of that year, which winning a bunch of awards. The movie Boyhood is this drama that follows the growth of the main character named Mason, from age six to 18 years old. As I said, the story itself wasn't very memorable. I couldn't tell you any of the plot twists that took place, but what made it fascinating was basically seeing this kid grow up in two and a half hours, not to mention the rest of the cast aging as well. There was this authenticity that no costume designer or special effects team could ever bring to the cinema. And for everyone involved in the project, the end result was unlike anything they had experienced in their careers before. The two main actors, Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke, who've been recognizable in Hollywood for over 30 years in the film industry, saw themselves age in a way on screen that few in Hollywood would feel comfortable doing. But for the youngest actor, who was the focal point of the film, Eller Coltrane, it had a much deeper impact. Starting this process as a child actor at age six and continue to work on this throughout his, his very young life, the whole thing felt something like summer camp experience. Many of the same people were on the set every year. They grew as a cast together. And here was this young boy not simply learning the craft of acting, but just growing up himself as a boy into a young man. And when the film was was finally finished and the premiere occurred, 
Eller found that line between the fictitious character and himself as a young man a bit confusing. He said his initial reaction to the viewing of the film where he got to see himself physically grow up in such a dramatically edited way, mind-blowing. Or as he describes it, it was brutal. It was very emotional. I was laid out for days. Even though it's not me up there, there's a lot of me in that character. And it's hard to describe, but it's very easy to worry about who you are and what you've become and forgetting who you are. And the irony of Eller's confusion is that it personalized one of the questions that the film wanted its viewers to delve into. Who are you? Who are you? Who am I and why am I here? Those are the universal philosophical questions that everyone has to face at some point in their lives. Questions that in our day and age seem to be more complicated by loud, angry, divisive and disturbed voices. Where we're being told that even basic attributes that contribute to our answers, like saying a man or a woman, no longer exist where mother is diminished to a singular act of a birthing person rather than a lifelong vocation that we celebrate, where even life and a human being are said to be controversial when centuries and millennium of peoples were united in all of those answers. Who am I? Why am I here? We're confronted now with voices that argue that those are driven by feelings, which are definitely important, but are ever-changing. Whereas questions of identity are, are far more rooted and lasting. They're connected to things that are deeper, tied to my very existence and my destiny. Who are you? Today's scriptures offer an answer that on the surface seems overly simplistic, but is anything but. That psalm that we just sang together, we are his people, the sheep of his flock, goes hand in hand with the gospel, being sheep of the shepherd. That image can be hard to grasp, especially for Americans. We like to believe that we're strong, we're self-made, we're independent people. And sure, there is an element of self-reliance that is admirable and should be expected as we grow up. But it's the height of arrogance for us to think that we somehow willed ourselves into being and that we're able to continue to exist simply by our own power and our own authority. Who are you? We begin by recognizing the source of our being, our creator, who of all the ways of expressing that relationship, creator and creatures, one that he uses is this very gentle and this very loving image of being a sheep, which is reflected every year on this fourth Sunday of Easter. This year's gospel selection is the shortest of the variations that we could hear in the three-year cycle. But in that short passage, the one line that really stood out is Jesus talking about his sheep and saying, I know them. Knowing in the Bible often refers to much greater depth and intimacy than just so often we use the word. 
Jesus is not saying, I know so-and-so in this general manner to express familiarity. Jesus knows us. He knows our curiosity, our desires, our dreams. He knows our fragileness and our brokenness, our imperfections and our sins. He knows our potential and the greatness locked within. That's what he means when he says he knows us. And with all those things, the crazy complexity that makes you and I the unique, individual-loved creations we are of his, he tells us that he doesn't just know us. He loves us. And he's calling us to recognize how our relationship with him is meant to change and impact everything. As he continues... I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. That's how God identifies us. That's how Jesus sees us, as his beloved sheep that he's laid down his life for. But it's up to us to own that and to recognize that and to accept it and to want it, to want to be a member of the flock to make a choice to do so, a deliberate choice. That means to live about that choice, not by simply saying words like, sure, I'm his, but as Jesus tells us, it comes by listening to his voice and following him. Much like the actor Eller Constrain, every so often we can catch a glimpse of ourselves and others and even God himself. But we're meant to go deeper than that. It can't stay on that surface level. God has revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ, who tells us of the oneness of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, who knows and loves us and calls us into relationship with him. And that's awesome, and it's demanding at the same time. And it can be scary, because he offers us so much, and what he's asking for us in return is our trust and our love, and our very lives. Pope Francis, a few years ago, to a gathering of millions of youth, said, if we want our lives to have meaning and fulfillment, we need to put on faith so that our life will take on a new flavor, give us the compass to show us the way. We need to put on hope, and every one of our days will be enlightened, and our horizons will no longer be dark, but luminous, and we need to put on love, and our life will be built on rock, and our journey will be joyful. It's when we do these things, it's when we allow ourselves to learn from our experiences that instead of being scared by seeing how much we change, we won't mind being one of the sheep, because sheep don't just follow any voice. They've learned the shepherd's voice, and they find great peace and confidence in following him. They know the shepherd's not going to lead them to harm, but will bring them to the best best grass and the best water. The question we have to ask ourselves is, what voices do we hear and are we following? Are we confident they're going to bring us the best things in life? Listening to the voices in our world, those in the media, those in politics, can oftentimes be very risky and many times harmful. Tuning them out and returning to the voice of the shepherd guarantees good things 
Does it mean a life without trouble? No. But it means we will know who we truly are and who we are to become. One with the God who never changes. And that is a very good thing.